What's good, everybody? It's your boy Chris back again with another episode of Drop Balls Podcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. Yes, you heard that right. I said your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. Hope you all are having a good week so far. I'm dropping this on a Thursday. Yes, I know it is not my usual Tuesday, but since football season is starting back up, I'm thinking about changing it because that way I can catch the Monday night games and, you know, have some time to digest and give y'all something right before the Thursday night games. So that that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do your boy a favor, hit that subscribe button, as well as drop your boy that five-star rating if you all enjoy the show. And leave your boy a comment and let me know what you like, what you dislike about the show, and everything else. And if you're listening anywhere else, please be sure to subscribe one time for your boy so that way you get the notifications when I drop future episodes. I got a good episode for you all today, a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with something that's not really sports related, but we're going we're gonna to get to the sports. We're going to get to the sports. Um, I do want to let you all know before we get started, this episode is being brought to you by, by King's Ransom Athletic Apparel. If you haven't done so, please go check out krathletics.com and be sure to use the code DROPBALLS when you make your first purchase to get 15% off. Now, pass it along to your friends, your family, everybody you know. And let them know to check out krathletics.com and use the code DROPBALLS to get 15% off for their purchase as well. This episode is also being brought to you by Thrive Fantasy App. If you like making prop bets, come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy App. It is available on the Google Play Store as well as uh, Apple App Store. So go ahead and down- hit the link down in the description and download the app today. And once you download the app and sign up and make your first deposit of a minimum $20, Thrive will match you up to $50 on that initial deposit. So come prop up with us. Thrive Fantasy app, they take out all of the guesswork, all of the research, because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. And football season is coming up. What better time to do do some prop bets? Download Thrive Fantasy app today. Hit that link down in the description and it'll take you to whatever app store you use. So that way you can download the app today and get to making that money with your boy because I use it all the time. So be sure to download it one time for your boy. But let's get into this episode, man. Um, You know, like I said, I know I'm late making the episode. I'm dropping it on a Thursday rather than a Tuesday. But it's just because, like I said, it's. Football season's coming up, man. We're like, what, three weeks away now? Two weeks away? Something like that. I know we got a few more preseason games, um, and then we're going to get into the regular season. And, man, it's been it's also been a rough week because in about two weeks, <laughs> my little boy starts school. He's going off to kindergarten. My little five-year-old, man, starts school, and your boy is scared. This is my first kid. You know, for those of you that have multiple children or you've already been through the whole first year of school phase um, with your kid, give me a break because I'm pretty sure y'all were scared as well. But also, I know my son's a daredevil and my son has, and I know how he can get sometimes, but my son's been with me for the past like year and a half, just about every day, Monday or Sunday through uh, Thursday, sometimes even Friday, if unless his, you know, if his grandparents decide to watch him or not. Um, but most of the time it's Sunday through Friday. He's with me d- during the day. 
uh, Sunday through Wednesday, he's with me, you know, day and night. But then Thursday and Friday, he goes back to his mom's house, but he's with me during the day. So this would be the this would be the first time in a long time in the past year and a half since COVID started that my son will be going away during the day. Now, I'm going to enjoy the peace and quiet, but I'm still going to be a little concerned at how he's acting in school and making sure everything is good with him in school because... Like I said, it's my little boy, my five-year-old, my first, my firstborn, my first child. So, you know, probably as if I have more children down the line, then it'll become a little bit more easier. But as of right now, your boy is scared. So say a prayer for your boy or whatever to make sure my kid is doing good. Um, also, next week, I believe August 27th, Jordan Peele, new, Jordan Peele's new movie is coming out. We got a new Candyman coming out, August 27, 2021. Now, I don't know if you all saw the old Candyman, you know, like the 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 Candyman from a long time ago. I don't know if you all seen that one. I've seen it. I had to watch it twice because the first time I saw it, I was probably about 10 years old. And this, this is when I was still in Florida. I was still, you know, a little a little jit living in living the life in Florida. And uh me and my cousin was watching it at my aunt's house. We were watching it in the in the little den area of my aunt's house. And if anybody's from the south, you know how thunderstorms get down south. So we're is middle of a thunderstorm. Um, so you know, like I said, if you're from the, if you're from the south or whatever, you know how the thunderstorms get. It gets dark. The thunder is loud. The lightning strikes, and you know you know how it gets. So my cousin tells me, "Hey, we gotta watch Candyman." Like, you got to watch Candyman with me. So I'm like, all right, you know, cool. I, I've never seen it. So he puts it in, this VHS, puts it in, and uh, I think it was VHS. But anyway, puts it in, we started watching it and everything. And then we started just hearing noises around the house. And it, it's during, like, parts where, you know, the jumping parts and everything. And we just start hearing shit going on in the house. And we're like, oh, and we were the only ones home. So it was nobody else home. So we just hearing noises. And it's not the thunder, it's not the lightning, because we know what that sounds like. Um, we know what the raindrops sound like. Uh, but we just started hearing noises. And so we're looking at each other, like, who's going to go check to see what it is? And eventually it got to the point where we were just like, you know what, fuck this. We turned this movie off. And so we turned the movie off. And just as we was turning the movie off, the, the storm went away. The sun came back out. You know in Florida, it, it'll rain for like a good hour and then, or a good 30 minutes. And then just dry up and the sun would be out. It would be like 90 degrees out. And so that's pretty much what happened. We turned the movie off and went ran outside and just started playing outside and, and everything. But I'm, I watched it again when I got older. And, you know, it wasn't as, as bad as it was back then. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait for this new, this new one. You know, Jordan Peele, he's put out a few movies. He put out Us. Uh, he put out... Um, get out and those movies were really good so I'm looking forward to seeing how he did Candyman and the you know the uh the previews look amazing like it looks like a really good a really good uh <laughs> you know a really good movie so I can't wait for it to come out next week I'm definitely going to go see it whether hopefully it's on HBO Max because I don't really trust going into the movie theaters at this point just because you know it's still COVID out there and we got the Delta variant and, you know, cases is rising and, and motherfuckers is dirty. They nasty. So 
I don't know if I'm really gonna gonna go to the movies. I'm hoping it comes to HBO Max, but we'll see what happens. Or even Paramount Plus. I'll download that for for a month just to just to watch that movie. But let's get into let's get into the sports stuff. So I just had a fantasy draft. Um, I believe it was Saturday. The real deal with Damian Adams. He had his own fantasy, or he has his own fantasy league. Um, we doing it through I believe NFL Network. And so we had our draft this Saturday and the real it was the real deal draft. So if y'all haven't checked it out yet, go check out Damian Adams, the real deal with Damian Adams. Um, dope podcast, dope content. And matter of fact, it was a it was a pod, it was a a draft full of podcasters and they all have pretty dope podcasts. Um, I believe the you got Courtney Harden, who has the real deal with Courtney Harden, um, Jason Fearman. Damien and Nikki, they all have a podcast together, the Third and Three podcast. Then you got Ladonna, who has the uh, the Red Cup rants. You can catch that on Facebook, I believe. And then Ty Ray, I forget the name of his podcast. I do listen, <laughs> I do listen to it, but I for, I forgot the name of it. Give me a second so I can find it. Um, just give me a, give me a minute. Yeah, say what, say it again. It, I remembered it. I just couldn't remember it. But yeah, say what, say it again. Check his podcast out as well. Um, and then you have Mike Patton with the uh, touring the AFC South. He drops a podcast every Thursday and all of their podcasts are dope. So be sure to go check it out. Um, you have Bakari Booten as well. He has a podcast, but his podcast is, isn't centered around sports. Um, it's more around family and parenting and stuff like that. So like I said, all dope spots. All dope podcasts, so go check it out. Um, but anyway, we had a draft this past Saturday, and I just wanted to go over my picks with you all because I, I think I picked very well. For me, this was wide receiver, wide receiver you over here, and I believe I, I, I had some good picks. So I'm going to just go down my picks round by round, and I'm going to just give you all my picks, and you all let me know what you all think. So round one, I drafted Saquon Barkley, and my, mind you, I was picking – I believe it was eighth um, out of 10 people. I was picking eighth um, round one. I got Saquon Barkley round two. I backdoored that with Devonte Adams round three. And I probably picked him a little bit early or too early, but I got Mike Gusecki uh, round four came back and got CD lamb round five, Chris Carson. I believe he's going to have a really good season. He's going to stay healthy. Like I've told y'all before, he is a top five back in the league. If when he's healthy, um, then round six, I came and got T. Higgins because I believe Joe Burrow um, and T. Higgins have a really good connection. And him and Jamar Chase about to light it up this year. Round seven, came back and got T.J. Hawkinson. Round eight, picked up Rashad Bateman. I definitely picked him too early, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, round nine, got my first quarterback, my starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. Round 10, got Trey Sermon. From Oklahoma, he's with the 49ers right now. Uh, round 11, got Jerry Judy. Round 12, picked the Chargers defense. Round 13, I was able to get Joe Burrow. Round 14, I got my kicker, Harrison Butker. And in round 15, I had to draft my boy, my former college teammate, Tim Patrick. So I drafted him in round 15. That was the last round of the draft. Um, but let me know how y'all think I did. I think I have a pretty good team. I'm stacked at receiver. Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy, who's going to have a great second year. 
and Tim Patrick. And I believe I got three stud running backs. Trey Sermon, he's probably like the third or the second or third back over there at San Francisco. But I believe he's gonna I believe he's gonna get some time and he's gonna get a lot of carries. If not, you know, I can send him to the waiver wire and get somebody else. But Chris Carson and Saquon are gonna do it big for me. And then you got Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. Now we already know the year Dak was having before he got hurt, um, before he messed up his ankle. But I think he's going to ball out. Matter of fact, both of my quarterbacks got hurt last year. Joe Burrow's coming back from the knee injury and Dak's coming back from the ankle injury. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, and speaking of Dak, you know, I, I've been watching Hard Knocks. I, I talked about it last week, um, the first episode, saw the second episode. And I don't know, like these episodes aren't that great or I, and it's nothing against Dallas. But also, I want to know, like, how much is on how much is just for show, you know, like how much are they doing just to put on? Because it seems like there's a lot, there's some of that going on where they, they just doing and saying some stuff and not necessarily that it's more like Mike McCarthy, the coach and stuff like that, where he's, it just seemed like he's saying stuff just to get across, you know, just to get some stuff across because it's TV. I mean, he could be like that without the cameras rolling. I don't know. I'm just saying how it seems. Um, but like Zeke and them, they act like, it seems that's how they really act. Like, I, I really believe that's how Zeke and them act. Um, Dak, like I said before, I'm glad to see him animated, um, see him out there cussing and wanting to be on the field and all of that stuff. I, I, I love that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to football. So I'm glad to see Dak being animated um, and wanting to get back out there, especially after the shoulder, the shoulder issue. So I don't know. Like I said, I just want to know how much of it is for show. It's all right. I mean, it's it's not that great, but it's all right. I'm not going to just say it just sucks. Like their whole training camp just sucks because it doesn't. It's 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 decent, but uh, but yeah, I just want to know if anybody has that answer, please let me know. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna take a quick little music break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some other stuff I want to talk about that I've seen floating around Twitter a little bit, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> but we're gonna get into it when I come back. Like this is what your life like. Try to live the life right. People really know you push your buttons like type right. This is like a movie, but it's really very lifelike. Every single night, right? Every single fight, right? I was looking at the gram and I don't even like lights. I was screaming at my daddy, told me it ain't Christ like. I was screaming at the referee, just like Mike. Looking for a bright light. Seek what your life like. Riding on a white bike, feeling like a sight fight. Pressing on a gas, supernova for a night light. Screaming at my dad, and he told me it ain't Christ like. But no Nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ Only ever seeing me, only when they need me Like if Tyler Perry made a movie for BT Searching for a deity, now you wanna see it free Now you wanna see it free, let you see it through your piece Tell me what your life like, turn it down a bright light Driving with my dad and he told me it ain't Christ-like I'm just trying to find, I've been looking for a new way I'm just really trying not to really do the fool way I don't have a cool way, being on my best though Lock up on a text though, nothing Next though, not another word, let a picture or a decimal. Wrestling with God, I don't really wanna wrestle. So. Man, it's really life like everything in my life. Arguing with my dad and he said it ain't Christ like Man. You know it's like somebody only close who could get you like off your I be on my I woke up this morning, I said my prayers, I'm all doing good. I try 
try to talk to my dad Give him some advice He starts spazzing on me I start spazzing back He said that ain't Christ-like I said Alright, so we're back from that quick little break Hope you all enjoyed that little song right there That was Kanye West That was Follow God Hope y'all enjoy it. It'll all make sense when I give y'all the next topic I'm talking about. And this is Tim Tebow. Now, we all know Tim Tebow got another shot in the NFL to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars under Urban Meyer as a tight end. A position everybody was saying that he should switch to when he first got into the league. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars just recently cut Tim Tebow and sent him back home. To whether he's going to be a college analyst again or, you know, whatever he decides he wants to do with his life from here on out. But I've been seeing this narrative on Twitter a lot lately. Ever since Tebow got cut, even a little bit before Tebow got cut, I've been seeing this narrative a lot where people are talking about everybody hates Tim Tebow for no reason. They don't get it. He's a good dude and all this other stuff. And I'm kind of sick of these narratives because every time you disagree with somebody on a player's skill or you critique a player's skill, people always come talking about, oh, you hate this player. And it's like, or you hate this player. He's really good off the court or off the field. The other player I see this a lot with is LeBron James. Now, LeBron it doesn't suck. I don't, I'm not saying that. But anytime you, crit- you critique LeBron's game, LeBron fans, Le- LeBron stands. They all come at you like, oh, why do you hate LeBron? LeBron does this for the community. LeBron does this. LeBron does that. LeBron does this. And it's like, okay, I don't hate LeBron, but me critiquing him for what he just did or how he played the other day doesn't mean I hate LeBron. And it has nothing to do with his off the court stuff that he does. Just like with Tim Tebow. If I'm critiquing Tim Tebow and saying Tim Tebow is not good, he's not an NFL caliber player, I'm not saying that he's a shitty human being. I'm just saying he's not good in the sport that he plays. So at some point, they, people got to quit this narrative. And so, like, just because I say somebody sucks or I say Tim, Tim Tebow sucks, it does not mean that, you know, I hate him as a person. And they they continue to bring this narrative up. And today, you know, I made a comment on somebody's post that talked about Tebow being hated and how he's an outstanding human being. Nobody ever questioned him being an outstanding human being off the field, nobody ever, or even on the field, nobody ever questioned that. We know Tim Tebow is a God-fearing man. We know he does a lot for his community. He gives back a lot. We we know this about Tim Tebow, especially from Florida. If you're from Florida, you know this about Tebow. Like Tebow is God back home. He's God back in Jacksonville, which is where I'm from. They love Tebow, and especially in Gainesville. So I mean, we know who Tebow is. And, but like I said, I commented, I said, I hate when people talk about someone sucking in the, in the sport. Um, the first response is always, why do y'all hate him? He's a great human being. Nobody questioned that. That motherfucker sucks. Like, damn, like he just sucks. And somebody told me that they were going to pull out facts to prove why my statement was invalid. And it went straight back to sp- being sports related, which was the whole argument that I placed in the first place. Like, him talking about he was going to bring facts to prove why my argument was invalid was because I said nobody hates him based on him being him. They just say he sucks. And he said he was going to prove that that was invalid. And everything that came up was related to sports. And he was talking about how Tyrod Taylor 
Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nathan Peterman, Brian Hoyer, how all, and Alex Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, how all these quarterbacks have a chance to start in the league, but Tim Tebow doesn't. And I'm like, well, they're all backups right now. Nate Peterman is a backup. Tyrod Taylor, we don't know what's going to happen with him over in Houston right now, but Tyrod Taylor has been a career bridge gap quarterback besides the few years he played for Buffalo. But anything after that, he was a bridge gap quarterback. Went to Cleveland, got hurt. Here comes uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, L.A. Chargers got hurt. Here comes Justin Herbert. Like this has been Tyrod Taylor's career. Jameis Winston, he pretty much got ran out of Tampa. They wasn't going to offer him another contract. And because he threw 30 for 30, which I understand. And so he was a backup to Drew Brees and Taysom Hill last year. Now he has a chance of starting, but he was a backup. Then you got Nate Peterman, who is a backup for the L.A. Or not L.A., but the Las Vegas Raiders. And he's a backup to Mariota. And David Carr is the starter. Or Derek Carr is the starter, my bad. Um, Derek Carr is the starter. Mariota's second string. And then you got Nathan Peterman, who is the third string quarterback. Brian Horde. Career backup. I mean, besides a few years that he has started in the league. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, we all know he's been a career backup. He's been a journeyman quarterback. He's been the ultimate bridge gap quarterback as well. So, I mean, all of these quarterbacks that he named have not really been starting quarterback. I mean, they've been starting quarterbacks, but they ain't really been starting quarterbacks, if you know what I mean. Um, Alex Smith, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was actually on the uptrend before he got hurt. And that's what they're hoping for him to get back to. But nonetheless, I, you know, I, you know, indulged him and had this conversation with him about why Tim Tebow is not a good quarterback and why he sucks and he should not get another chance in the league. And he's not a good tight end. Urban Meyer cut him. That should tell you a lot. And everybody's argument is, oh, he took he took the Broncos from one and four to make the playoffs. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Because in 2011, Denver Broncos started off 1-4. Tim Tebow went 7-4 for the Denver Broncos, got them to 8-8. Eight and eight, And they made the wild card. He got them past the wild card game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe that's who it was. Um, and then lost in the next, the next game. And so let's even talk about that. Like, let's, let's get into all of this. Because that year with Denver... After he became the starter, they had a game where they lost to Detroit 45 to 10. Then the last three games of the season, listen to this. The last three games of the season, they played New England. They lost to New England 41 to 23. Then they played Buffalo. They lost to Buffalo 40 to 14. Then they played Kansas City. They lost to Kansas City 7 to 3. An offense that only scored three points. Is that worth, I mean, is that really worth him staying? Like, I don't know. Like, to me, that's really not, he didn't, he's not really doing much, you know? And in those games, he threw for 194 yards against New England, 185 against Buffalo, 60 yards against Kansas City, and he was 6 for 22 against Kansas City. 6 for 22. 6 for 22. 27.27% against Kansas City. And let's go to Detroit. He was 18 for 39. He was 46 46% against Detroit. 172 yards, one touchdown, one interception. 
And this is the guy you're talking about deserves an, another chance to play quarterback. Now, yes, in the playoff game against Pittsburgh, he threw for 316 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. But he went 10 for 21, 47%. They won 29 to 23, I believe it was in overtime. Um, and then they played New England again in the playoffs and lost 45 to 10, where Tebow proceeded to go 9 for 26, 34%, 136 yards. This is the guy you says deserved to be a quarterback in the NFL. Over his career, Tebow has completed 47.9% of his passes, 2,422 yards, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Now, the 17 and 9 ain't that bad. But what I'm looking at is he was playing quarterback three years. 47.9% in his career as a quarterback. That's terrible. And the only reason it's that high is because he played. He started two games in New, in New York for the Jets. And I think there was three games he had in there where he went 100%. Um, let, me, let me look it up real quick. So, yeah. No, four games. My bad. Four games where he completed 100% of his passes. But listen to this. First game against San Francisco, they were losing 34. They lost 34 to zero. Tebow went one for one for nine yards. Second game he played against the Colts. They won 35 to nine. But Tebow went one for one, 23 yards. Third game he played against Seattle. They lost 28 to seven. Tebow was three for three, eight yards. Three for three and eight yards. Okay, so then they played against St. Louis. They won against St. Louis 27 to 13. Tebow was one for one, negative one yard. Then against Tennessee, they lost 14 to 10. He was 0 for 1, zero yards, of course. So that dropped him down to 75% versus the 100%. He had it through the first four games that he actually played a little bit. But he didn't really throw the ball a lot. He was like six for eight or something like that. Um, and 39 yards, 75% completion percentage. That was his last year in the league, 2012. His, la his last year playing in the regular season, I should say, um, 2012. And they cut him. They let him go or traded him, one or the other. Anyway, but this is the guy that everybody is saying that people just hate because they're saying he sucks. So they, you automatically hate him. Tebow's jersey sold out in the first 24 hours of being put on the market when he got signed by the Jaguars. Not only that, he had the highest selling jersey when his jersey got put out when he was playing for the Jaguars. So if that's someone that is hated, I don't think those jersey sales look like that. I, I really don't. If they're, if they're just hated, if he's just hated by so many people, his jerseys, his jerseys don't sell out in the first 24 hours. And he doesn't lead in jersey sales. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not that's just not going to happen. And you're telling me that, like I said, the quarterbacks I named off, uh, you know, who was it? Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Nathan Peterman, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer, Alex Smith, all of those quarterbacks. And my argument was all of those quarterbacks at least complete 60 percent of their passes, at least 60 percent. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was the lowest one at like 59 percent. I'm not counting Nate Peterman because I think his is like 59 two or something like that. But I wasn't count, really counting Nate Peterman. But uh, if you want to see Nate Nathan Peterman's um, <laughs> completion percentage, let's see. Let's look at that. He completes 52.6 percent. Not too much better than Tebow, but still better than Tebow. But um, yeah, 52.6 percent. So 47 47 percent. 
52%, and then everybody else is 59% or above. Yes, I understand Jameis led the league in turnovers, but he still has thrown for over 4,000 yards in three of his, I think, five seasons or something like that. However long Jameis has been in the league, it's actually probably been longer than that. But um, let's see. Yeah, like three of his six seasons, Jameis has thrown over 4,000 yards. And he's completed over 60% of his passes in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five seasons out of six. His first season, he only completed 58.3. But every season after that, he's been in the 60% range, which is where you want your quarterback to be at. So, yes, I would rather take these quarterbacks over Tim Tebow and give them a chance versus someone who can only complete 47% of their passes that can't hit the broad side of a barn. Like, <laughs> It, it, it's just that simple. Like, I, I I just can't do it. So, no, nobody hates Tebow. I mean, you probably got a few people out there that hate Tebow. But nobody that says that Tebow sucks or that's criticizing Tebow's game hates Tebow. He's just not a good football player in the NFL. He was an amazing college quarterback because of what he did in college. But that just did not translate to the NFL for him. He He wasn't that good of a quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. Like, that's just how it goes. But, you know, enough on uh, enough on Tim Tebow. You know, I just wanted to put that to rest. I had to put that to rest because I'm sick of seeing that all over social media, acting like people just hate Tebow when it's, it's just not the case. People don't understand why he got another shot at the NFL when there were other players that were more deserving. They don't think he's a good football player in the NFL. It's just that simple. So let's put that to rest. And let Tebow go live his life and let all these other individuals go live their life as well. Tebow's going to continue to thrive in life. He's going to continue to do what he does. That's that's what God has ordained for Tebow. He's he's a, like I said, he's a man of God. He's a great human being. And that's that's the type. That's how he lives his life. Nobody hates that man for him as a personal as a personal reason. Like nobody hates him for that. He's just not a good football player. It's that simple. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna take another quick little break and when we come back, I want to get into, you know, I'm gonna give y'all a top 10 list and I'll let y'all know who the top 10 list is for when we come back from this quick little break. Moving fast, put away the stash. 
around and got locked up. They won't let me out. They won't let me My out. Visitation no longer comes by. Seems like they forgot about me. Commissary is getting empty. My cellmates eating food without me. Can't wait to get out and move forward with my life. Got a family that loves me and wants me to do right. But instead, I'm here locked up. They won't let me out. They won't let me out. So we're back from that quick little break. Hope y'all enjoyed the song that was Akon, Locked Up. Now, like I told y'all before, every song has a meaning behind why I put it there. And this is why I put it there. As we go into this next segment, the list that I was going to give, that I'm going to give you all, the top 10 list, is the top 10 corners going into 2021. So now y'all get why Locked Up was the song of choice for that. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into this list. And at number 10, I got James Bradbury. And now James Bradbury, he played a couple years with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and then New York, he went to New York to the New York Giants. His first season with them was last year. And James Bradbury, he was a good cover corner when he was with the Panthers. And he just got better when he got to the Giants. Um, he's a good cover corner. He has a way to find the ball at the catch point. And knock it, you know, knock it away from the receiver. He had 11 pass breakups last year, only allowed five touchdowns, had four interceptions. Um, he was targeted 104 times, only allowed 71 interceptions, which is a, a catch rate of 68.3%. Um, so he was solid for the New York Giants last year. And one of the things that I like about Bradbury is that he's not afraid to tackle. He, he's not afraid to tackle. Um, he only allowed 715 yards last year as well. His burn rate was 2.9%. So it's not good, but it's also not terrible. Um, and he's the number one corner there. And, you know, against some of these top receivers in the league, he did his thing. Like, against Allen Robinson. Now, I know a lot of y'all, y'all are late to the party on Allen Robinson. I've been on Allen Robinson since 
he was with the Jaguars. Like, I've been watching him since it was him and Alan Hearns with Blake Bortles, and they was tearing up the league. Like, that's that's when I was rocking with Allen Robinson. Y'all late to the party because now y'all see him balling out with the Bears, no quarterback having ass. Um, and y'all see him doing his thing, having a 1,000 yards a season. And even when Jaguars let him go after he tore his ACL, I said it was a bad decision on the Jaguars. They should have kept him and, and, and did what they needed to do and did right by him. But they let him go. Now he's balling out with the Bears. But anyway... He held Allen Robinson to 49 yards. He held Amari Cooper to 35. Terry McLaurin, 66. Deshaun Jackson, 34. Mike Evans, 57. Terry McLaurin, again, guarding him 100% of the time in the second game, held him to 47 yards. Now, DK, he gave up 62 yards to DK. Not bad. D-Hop was the only person he gave up 100 yards to. Everybody else, he held under 100 yards, and he held under 70 yards Everybody else that he cut, well, besides James Washington, my bad, first game of the season, um, week one, James Robinson had, uh, or James Washington had 84 yards. But yeah, anyway, besides DK and James Washington, everybody else was held under 70 yards. Um, so that's why I had to put James Bradbury at number 10 on my list. He, he deserved to make top 10 over Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters, eh, he gets burnt a lot. If, if Just go watch the games. He gets burnt a lot. Technique isn't that great. And, uh, you know, he'll win you some games, he'll, but he'll also lose you some games. That's what Marcus Peters does. High risk, high reward. Reminds me of Santi Samuels. But I had to put James Bradbury in there. Um, number nine on my list, that's J.C. Jackson, New England Patriots, undrafted. Uh, and he's a ball hawk. You know, this past season he had nine interceptions. Like, just straight ball hawk. 2019 had four interceptions 2018 he had he had three interceptions like dude has a knack for finding the ball um he's good at breaking on the ball doesn't really stick his nose in there in the run game but uh when it comes to coverage he's he's legit 93 targets 54 receptions catch rate of 58.1 percent he does get beat 4.3 percent of the time which isn't bad i mean it's not like i said once again it's not terrible but it's not good as well like he's it's all right. Um, only allowed seven inter- or seven touchdowns and had nine interceptions, 812 yards. Um, he doesn't really guard a lot of the number ones. Now, he did go against Stefan Diggs a little bit, went against Stefan twice this past season. Um, he allowed 93 yards in their first meeting, 96 yards in the second meeting, um, and 127 yards to Will Fuller. But again, this is why he is number nine on my list, because... Although he let up these yards, like I said, he's solid. Um, and he has a knack for finding the ball. And that that's a big thing. And he doesn't let up. Like, his catch rate isn't high. Like, yes, these dudes got some yards on him, but that's because he got burnt or, you know, something like that. Like, I think he gave up a 50-yard reception to Stephon Diggs. And either it was either the first or second meeting. But, like I said, he gets burnt a lot. But he had 15 pass breakups. So... I mean, he, he's not doing he's not doing terrible. He's number nine on my list. Um, number eight on my list is William Jackson, the third former Bengal, now with the Washington football team, Washington, no names, whatever you want to call them, because they have not decided on the name yet. Um, but William Jackson, the third, he is next on my list at number eight. Now, he makes good breaks on intermediate routes. His coverage is a little iffy at times. 
Um, he can get beat on the double move, but he has good makeup speed and a knack for getting his hands in there to, to knock down the ball. Um, but that's what puts him at number three for me, just because even though he may get beat a little bit, he knows how to get in there and get the, he knows how to, how to get those angles to get back into position and break up the pass. Now he had nine pass breakups last year. He was targeted 88 times, only allowed 46 receptions, 52.3% catch rate. And he only allowed three touchdowns and two and had two interceptions. Now his game log, he went against Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, DJ Shark, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, um, Devontae Parker. And he didn't let up a 100-yard receiver all season. Now, he the highest he let up was 88 yards. But he did not let up a 100-yard receiver all season. He, he went out there and did his thing. Number seven on my list, Marlon Humphrey, Baltimore Ravens corner and uh, opposite side of Marcus Peters, <laughs> but he understands route combinations. He bites down on double moves sometimes, but he's still solid. And he can play inside. He can play outside. And he creates a lot of turnovers. Um, it may not show up on the stat sheet as far as like the interceptions, but Bruck can get in there and knock the ball out, whether it's a running back, a tight end, a receiver, um, knock the ball out and cause fumbles. He had 10 pass breakups last year. 107 targets, 63 receptions allowed, 58.9% catch rate. Only got burnt on 1.9% of those those receptions. Like he he doesn't let up a lot of stuff deep. And you know, he he balls out. He covered Tyree Kill last year, covered uh Jarvis Landry last year, Juju, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Laviscus Chenault. Um, and the most yards he let up was 80 yards to Randall Cobb. That was the most he let up all season was 80 yards to Randall Cobb. He had he held Tyreek to 76, held Laviscus to to or Laviska to 76. Um and yeah, those were the those were the three highest marks all season. 80, 76, and 76. Everything else was under 55 yards or 57 yards, my bad. Everything else was under 57 yards. He he's he's number seven on my list. Now, number six on my list, he can be, you know, you can argue him for top five, to be honest. And I would I would suggest a lot of y'all go watch his film if y'all don't believe me. But none other than Denzel Ward with the Cleveland Browns. Dude is nasty. Um, he, he's, he's nasty. If you watch him, he, he's disgusting. He jumps on underneath routes. He has good coverage skills, and at 5'11", he has the ability to cover some some bigger receivers. Now, with him last year, he let up four touchdowns only and only had two interceptions, but he had 13 pass breakups. He was targeted 80 times, only let up 36 receptions, 352 yards allowed. So that means he was on everything. Burn rate, 1.3%. He didn't get burnt last year, and the catch rate was only 45%, which led the league. So, like I said, he he's that guy. He guarded Marquise Brown last year, only gave up 12 yards to Marquise Brown. Michael Gallup gave up 54 yards to him. Everybody says Dallas has the best receiving court in the league. Gave 54 yards up to, Michael, to Michael Gallup, um, 32 to T.Y. And Henry Ruggs held him to two. T. Higgins held him to 58 yards. Will Fuller held him to 36 yards. 
Darius Slayton had 61. That was the most yards he let up by a receiver. 61 yards to Darius Slayton, who's not a slouch. He's not a bad he's not a bad receiver. But um yeah, for 61 yards to be the highest amount of yards that you let up and you only let up four touchdowns. Like I said, an argument could be made for him to be top 5. And going into the top 5, my number 5 receiver or my number 5 cornerback is Tredavious White. Now, Tredavious White, he's a good cover corner. Um, he knows how to stay in receiver's hip pocket. And he'll give up the inside release a little bit. But he's he's athletic enough. And he he has good position to where he can get around and get the deflection, even if he lets up the inside, you know, the inside release. Um, last year, he allowed six touchdowns, had four interceptions. He was targeted 78 times. They don't really throw at him a lot because he doesn't really have anybody on the other side of him that can really stop somebody. So they don't they just don't throw at Tredavious White. They throw at the other side of the field. Um, but he has 78 targets, only let up 50 receptions, 64. It's a high catch rate, 64.1%. Only let up 650 yards uh, you know, the whole the whole season. But he did get burnt a bit. 3.8% of the time he got burnt. But once again, he goes against number ones. Now, he got killed by DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins. They murdered him. DK had 120. DeAndre Hopkins had 127. Uh, the, second, the third most was Mike Williams for the Chargers. He gave up 77. But after that, like, I mean, he didn't give up more than 77 yards to any other receiver besides DK and Hop. which, I mean, they're, they're top receivers in this league. DK... You know, he's easily top 10 in this league. Or or if you don't have him in, in your top 10, he's going to be, especially after this season, he's going to be. So, you know, Tredavious, Tredavious White had to be in my, my top five. Like I said, Denzel Ward could bump Tredavious out. It, it's an argument that could be made for Denzel Ward to be top five. Um, only reason I gave it to Tredavious is because he actually guards the number one receivers. Um now, Denzel guards some, guarded some pretty good receivers, but he's not really guarding true number ones. Not yet, at least. He probably will this year. Um, next on this list is Xavier Howard. Now, Xavier Howard, he was a beneficiary of a lot of targets because Byron Jones plays on the opposite side of him. It's kind of like Stephon Gilmore and, and J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson is going to get a lot of targets because you don't want to throw at Stephon Gilmore. Byron Jones, you don't really want to throw at him either. Now, Byron Jones is a lockdown. He didn't make my list, but the reason he didn't make my list is because he didn't really have a good season last year. And I think Xavier Howard is going to have another is going to have a really good season this year because he wants a new contract. He wants more money. So I think he's going to put up or shut up. And also, Xavier Howard is a ball hawk. He's a turnover machine. Um, I mean, he had 10 interceptions last season. And if you look back at, at every other season, 2019 only had one, but he got hurt, he played five games. But 2018, he had seven interceptions. 2017, he had four. 2016, he had one as well. Only played seven games that year. But 2020, he had 10 interceptions and only allowed three touchdowns. 17 pass breakups. 118 targets. Only allowed 62 interceptions. 52.5% catch rate. Um, and his burn rate was only 1.7%, which isn't too bad. Now, he gave up the most yards to DK and to Robert Woods. Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. These are all, you know, legit receivers. DK put up 193 on him, though. Uh, Robert Woods put up 110. Tyreek put up 105. And Stephon put up 106. 
So, I mean, he struggled a little bit against the better receivers. But nonetheless, he's out there guarding these number ones. And he's he's causing, you know, causing chaos, creating turnovers. Once again, Denzel Ward could easily be in the top five over Tredavious or Xavier Howard. I just think these two are going to have really good seasons in 2021. So, like I said, these are my corners going into 2021. Um, or my top 10 going into 2021. Stefan Gilmore is my number three corner uh, going into 2021. Now, Stefan dealt with an injury last year, and I don't really think I need to, like, you know, give y'all the the goods on Stefan because y'all know what Stefan Gilmore can do. Y'all have seen it. We've seen it year in and year out. Last year, the worst game he had was against Seattle with DK Metcalf putting up 92 yards. After that, Nobody had over 65 yards receiving against Stephon Gilmore. Like I said, they stay away from him. He only allowed two, two touchdowns, had one interception, five pass breakups, uh, was targeted 62 times, 30, 39 receptions allowed. His burn rate was zero. He was on everything. Like, he didn't get burnt. But he did allow a catch rate of 62.9%. But like I said, it's Stephon Gilmore. We know what we're going to get from him. And if that quad is healthy next year, He's gonna he's gonna be lights out. Number two on my list. Y'all might be surprised by this. Some of y'all might, but if you really if you're a football fan and you really watch football, you're not gonna be too surprised. But number two on my list, Jair Alexander. And now Alexander is the best corner, best DB for the Green Bay Packers. He's the he might be the best person on their defense, to be honest. I mean, the Smith brothers, they're they're good, but Alexander might be the best player on that defense. Um, now, last year, 2020, he only allowed four touchdowns, had one interception, 18 pass breakups, 84 targets, allowed 45 receptions, a catch rate of 53.6%, and a burn rate of 0%. He's up there with Stephon Gilmore with just not getting beat. He doesn't get beat. And he goes against the number ones. Now, he drives through the ball on the underneath routes. He's not afraid to come down and stop the run. He understands personnel, wide receiver, route combinations. And like I said, he's the best DB on the Packers. Um, he went against Adam Thielen last year. And Adam Thielen was the or no, Michael Pittman had the most yards against him. Michael Pittman put up 76. But that's the thing. He didn't let up a 100-yard receiver all year. Michael Pittman put up the most yards at 76. Adam Thielen had 71. Calvin Ridley had 66. Like, bro was locked down. And look at this. Allen Robinson, 47 yards. Alshon Jeffrey, only a shell of himself last year, really. But zero, zero receptions, zero yards. Um, Quintez Cephas, Detroit's other receiver, had 14 yards. Robbie Anderson, 20 yards. Corey Davis, 10 yards. Allen Robinson, the last game of the season, three yards. Like, Jair Alexander is that dude. And if y'all don't believe me, Please go watch some film. Please watch this guy in 2021. Please. I beg I beg you. Please. And without further ado, number one on my list is none other than the guy, Jalen Ramsey. Now, I don't really need to introduce him. I don't really need to give him, you know, anything, really. If you watch football, you know Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the game right now. And Jalen Ramsey is so aggressive. He he's not afraid to tackle. Like, I don't care who you are. 
he's going to come down and try to smack you, whether you're the running back, the quarterback, or receiver. Now, I don't know if you all remember this play. Javon Javon Wims for the Chicago Bears receiver. Um, It was a third and nine. Wims ran like a seven-yard speed out. It really used to try to run that seven, like, you know, at seven yards and, and, and get out. But, like, as you're getting out, at least floating upfield to get to the sticks. So it was a seven-yard speed out. He never got up to the sticks. Um, and it was 39. Caught the ball. Ramsey just came down and smacked him one yard short of the first down. Now, Wims is 6'3", 221 pounds. And Jalen just came down and smacked him. Not only that, but if you if you watch the Giants game, it was the Rams versus the Giants. There was a play where it was a I think an end and around for uh for Golden Tate. It was some play like that. But anyway, Jalen Ramsey came down, laid the running back out, and then made the tackle on Golden Tate against the Giants. So this is what I'm saying. Like he's aggressive, he's not afraid to tackle, he's not afraid to hit, stick his nose in there, all of that. He was targeted 92 times last year. Um, only allowed 55 receptions, 59.8% catch rate. Not bad. Only burnt on 1.1% of those plays. Six pass breakups, two touchdowns allowed, one interception. Now, this is a guy who is, goes against a true number one. The only game, the only bad game I would really say that he had was against Amari Cooper. He led up 114 yards to Amari Cooper. But listen to this. Against Buffalo... Stefan Diggs, he guarded him 89.7% of the time of the snaps, I should say. Um, only allowed 13 yards to Stefan Diggs. Allowed 11 yards to Golden Tate. Uh, 35 yards to Allen Robinson. 42 to DK Metcalf in the first game. Um, 47 to Mike Evans. 36 to D Hop. Then in the last game against uh, DK, he allowed 71. In the last game against D Hop, he allowed 40. Like, nobody had, besides Amari Cooper, nobody had over 71 yards against Jalen Ramsey. Now, the thing is, I mean, DBs are going to let up some yards. Like, that's just going to happen. They're going to have a game where a receiver goes crazy or, you know, semi-crazy, whatever you want to call it. But for the most part, Jalen Ramsey held everybody under 55 yards. Like I said, besides Amari Cooper and besides DK, Everybody had under 55 yards receiving against him. Like, this is the definition of a lockdown corner. And so that rounds out my top 10 cornerbacks going into 2021. Let me know what you all think about my list. If you agree, you agree. If you don't, let me know why you don't agree. And let me know who you you think I should replace or the order that you have the top 10 corners in. Um, But, yeah, that rounds out my top 10. But I hope you all enjoyed the show, man. I hope you all had fun listening to my voice. Um, I'm a little stuffy right now. My allergies are going crazy. I dropped my son off today at his mom's house. They have a cat. And every time I get around that damn cat, my allergies go my allergies go cuckoo. So I'm a little stuffy, but, you know, I had to make it through it. But I hope you all enjoyed the show. Um, go follow your boy on Twitter, at DropBallsPod. You know, and until next time, man, y'all be easy. Be safe out there, Um, and football season's coming up. Peace.